So the answer is somewhat counterintuitive. Don't make it important. So what I mean by that is pick something, anything, and pick an amount of time that is so minute that there's absolutely no reason ever to not do it. So that's your secret portal into regular practice is you essentially boil it down to the kind of thing that you can do while you brush your teeth or after you brush your teeth in the evening when you realize you haven't done it. Right? Yeah. That, that's how little it has to be. So maybe it's one song of nonlinear. The golden minimum, exactly. Steve has a whole uh, talk about uh, practice that we, I, I would give that in the teacher training, but I don't know if he has it somewhere else. But, but essentially what you do is you pick something that there's no way. So you, you know, you like about to go to bed and you're like, ah, shit, I forgot about this again. You go, okay. You, you turn a song on your, on your phone and you just move even while you're brushing your teeth. Mm. Done. Mm. Right. So if you can sustain that, then you can add but only then. And you'll also notice, if you give yourself permission to do that little, he talks about this in meditation, he's a meditator, he always says, if you just graze the cushion with your ass, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then that's it, right? So it's, li it's that little. When, but when you do that, then you realize that when that pressure of it should be important is gone, you actually do a little bit more. Because now you're down there, you might as well, right? Um, and so that's, that's, the, that's the thing to do. And then the second thing is what do you pick? Well, you, and, and oh, well, before we talk about what do you pick, the other thing is one of the, there's a whole book about it. I forgot what it's called. Oh, I'll find it for you if you're interested in habit building. It's great habit building books out there, you know, of dudes who have every second of their day organized. BJ Fogg, probably. So anyway, I saw a video, this is a sidetrack, but it's like, I saw a video of a guy who, you know, I don't know, on, Insta, on, on YouTube. I was waiting for something to upload. So, um, and he was, he was showing that he tracks his mood every 10 minutes, all day on a spreadsheet. And then with the tracking of the mood, he correlates it to the activities he's doing, and that is how he's optimizing his life. And I was like, you're a freak, you know? <laughs> so you are a freak, yeah? So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's why I'm saying some of these books are like for guys who have taken it like to the whole other level. But one of the things in that book that has made a huge difference for me when I read it, which is such a da, is that you will not remember to do the things if you can't see them. So one thing that I struggle with, per, I mean, always, it's one of the very few things I struggle with is taking supplements. It never even occurs to me. It's not even I brush my teeth and I'm like, oh, I didn't take my supplements. Five days can go by. I haven't even thought about it, right? And I hate supplements and you know, the whole thing, right? So, so what I had to do is I had to prominent, which I also hate because I am a freak for the aesthetic, right? I had to prominently display the supplements somewhere where I cannot unsee them. 
I, I, they're in a corner of my kitchen in under a, under a thing, under, you know, like an upper cabinet where there's like a corner where, where I just put them on a really beautiful tray and one, that sits on a lazy Susan so I can roll them around. And, but I have to see them. And when I make my tea, I have to walk there and that's where the reverse osmosis is and I'd make a lot of tea. So every time I walk by there, I go, I should really take these. And it might take three or four times till I actually get to taking them, but I see them and so eventually it will happen. Most days. <laughs> so, so that's how you have to be with your daily practice. If you don't see it, whatever it is, it's not going to happen. So um, if you do nonlinear, this is not always practice, practical for people, but leave the mat rolled out, right? Um, or, or have it standing somewhere if you can do that, where it's like you can't unsee it, so to speak. Or if you're working, let's say, with the flavors, that's why the, the first set of those flavor cards comes with a little stand, like one of these little wood stands, where you put it in and then you put it somewhere on your desk, let's say, or next to your computer, where you're constantly looking at it. And even if you do nothing with it, every time you look at it, yeah, something happens in the body. So there's ways to trick yourself into practice, so to speak, uh, but you have to see it. Anything you do regularly builds habits. This is true for negative things, and that's true for positive things. The reason at least I assume all of us brush our teeth several times a day, is we're used to it, right? Why are we used to it? It's not just because your mouth feels funky. It's because from when you were a small child, if you, know, you were told to brush your teeth. And by the way, if you weren't told to brush your teeth as a small child or you don't do it, the threat of having to treat cavities isn't going to give you a daily habit either, right? Only repetition will give you a daily habit. So in general, uh, if you look at your life and you want to ha have things in your life that are positive, you have to identify those positive aspects and then repeat them over and over and over till they become essentially a part of your being, which is what Annette talks about, where when you don't do them, um, they, are a pro they, they, they flag as missing, right? So when we look at embodiment practices, which is my particular wheelhouse, what we're looking at is bringing a part of us online that serves an incredibly vital function. I mean, it's obviously not lost on anyone that without the health of our body, um, right, it's game over, right? Uh, even if you're, you know, if they can keep your brain alive artificially, let's say that will come soon, probably plug it into some Petri dish, you know, you're like no longer having all of the things that come with having a body. So, but beyond physical health, there's also um, utilizing the body as the enormously genius tool it is because the body doesn't only give you health or, 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 you know, vitality, let's say, because you know, sometimes we get sick, but vitality as in you move through your life and you can do things, but your body also gives you pleasure and your body gives you intuition and your body gives you warning signs and um, your body connects you with the beauty of nature and animals and whatever, right? So the body 
is essentially the aspect that has ancient knowledge from the beginning of human you know development till now that, that holds all these mechanisms that we don't know consciously like the escalating from fight or flight like um, creating homeostasis emotionally and physically like um, ducking when a when a um, you know, a football comes your way without you seeing it. Like all of those things are in the body. And so the more connected you are with your body, the more all these things like pleasure, like power, like vitality power, boundary setting, all of those things come online a lot stronger. So the reason to do a personal practice, for instance, you know, what she's talking about, is to go, and this is the why and what you pick, right? is to go, well, at the end of my workday, when I've been in the office all day or, or been out with the kids, you know, going completely nuts for hours on end with all the different moving pieces, my body is, has a certain kind of tension and rigidity and I don't actually want to feel things and then I don't want to work out and I don't want to have sex and I make bad food choices because, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you go, oh, well, but I could when I'm done with all of that. Is there something peeping? Oh, yeah, that's probably outside in the cubby and it goes through the wall. Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so then you go, well, maybe I should do something so I come back into my body so that my body isn't the stranger down here and I'm just up here so that I feel like connecting with my partner or so that I feel like practicing something else or so I feel like not scrolling on Instagram but um, you know hanging with some friends because the reason we scroll on Instagram by the way aside from it being very convenient and always there and built specifically so you don't stop if you ever want to read a really really terrifying book um, what is it called what is it called Johan Hari is what he's called and it's a whole book where he explains how all those uh, apps and everything was developed to make you buy more and make you stay there longer. And yeah, it's intermittent reward. It's all of those kind of things. So, so why you do that, though, from a body standpoint is because once you, your energy is up here, which is what happens when you think a lot and do a lot because you need the energy up there. So it has to go up there. Um, then you don't want it to come down because it's somewhat addictive to stay in that headspace and everything rolls around up here. And when you come back down here, the first thing that you're going to feel is, oh, I'm tired, I'm achy, Ugh, I haven't eaten all day, Ugh, I'm dehydrated and that doesn't feel good, so it's much better to stay up there in those things. So that's why it's good to do some embodiment practices. And then further to what, what she was saying to you, if you have stuff that you want to wash out of your system, you have to actually wash them out of your system, meaning you have to move your body in ways that your body can release those things because they have, they have actual physical holds. You know, they're, they're essentially nervous system contractions and, and bubbles and knots and stuff that you can of course, feel in your muscles, for instance, right? Or when people do fascia work, you can, you, you can, sometimes when somebody works on your fascia, you'll have a specific memory pop out. Um, 
because all that stuff stays in the body unless because the body is nothing but pro, it's like a you know it's pro programming and so you can get these things out much easier if you involve your body because your body actually knows how to do it while your mind doesn't know how to do it well I, i'm not against meditation but because most people well there's nothing wrong with doing meditation if what you need is meditation so I'll give you an example, and I'll come back to you. I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you an example. When I was writing the book, I had a very short period of time, and I needed to really, really focus. And so what I did was I would get up and, you know, have a cup of, make a cup of tea and go in my writing shed, which is no longer there. I'm still pointing in that general direction. <laughs> where that uh, pomegranate tree is regrowing, that's where my writing shed used to be. And I would close the door, and I would put my tea down, and I'd light a candle, and I'd put a very specific, the same piece of music on every day. Mm -hmm. And I'd pull three cards of my favorite deck, and that was my beginning ritual for writing. And then I wouldn't get out of that damn place till midnight. So I would just stay in there. If I wrote, great. If I didn't write, I wouldn't get out. Let me just say that I saw the entire, at that point it was like four seasons of Game of Thrones in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, there was a little loft, it had a bed, I'd have a nap there and a whole thing, right? So I would, just wouldn't get out. And so then eventually I got into writing and then there were two modes. One was, I was all over the place. I had so many thoughts and ideas and sentences that I no longer made sense. And then I would go to my meditation cushion. And I would sit long enough so that my mind somewhat calmed enough to clarify. Then I'd go right again. And then if I'd get stuck or my body really ached and I kind of got flat, I'd go on my mat, which was right next to it, and do nonlinear, and move my body. And sometimes when I would remember stuff, you know, then I'd move my body, just nothing gets stuck on me. And so that's, that's tools, right? If I needed a clarifying my mind tool, I'd sit and let that happen. If I needed to wash things out of my body or get out of being stuck, I had to move my body. And so it's not that you can't do meditation, or shouldn't do meditation. It is just that for most of us, it's not stillness, it's freeze, right? A lot of people who meditate are actually super frozen. And so they prefer silence and stillness and sitting there without moving and blinking or anything to moving and actually feeling those things. Now, if you are a serious meditator, I just want to say that for the sake of anyone who's a serious meditator, at some point the chickens come home to roost anyway, meaning if you just sit long enough, that shit will bubble up and you will have to deal with the kind of mental and emotional and physical stuff. But if you're just kind of remedying things like a lot of people do, they're like, I must meditate so I don't have to feel. Well, yes, that will work in the short term right and you can meditate in a way so that you can stay in that freeze essentially but that's not what real meditation is of course that's a whole other situation um 
That would take a long time to explain, but the, sh the, the short of it is I'm not opposed to breathwork at all, obviously, and there's good moments for breathwork, and I had a lot of breath-related training when I practiced with my teacher, um, because when you do yogic energy practice, you do need to know how to direct the breath. But for most people, that's yet another tool where they can brutalize their body, just a little bit more spiritual. Um, meaning they just impose more structure on their body instead of less. If you leave the body alone, the body knows how to breathe. So I'm a big fan of not imposing on the breath at all in nonlinear. Doesn't mean that at other times it's not useful to know how to calm your system with certain kind of breath cadence and stuff like that. But when it comes to rewilding, breath work is not part of rewilding. It's the exact opposite, right? It's yet another structure on an already overstructured system. So, um, but that's like I said, it's, there's no reason not to have tools. So for instance, double, you know about double inhale, right? Like a physiological sigh, right? So you go, that's the best calming breath because that's what the body does naturally if you've ever noticed when you're crying or so at some point you're like <laughs> right and then you can yeah so there is reasons to know about breath work and do breath work but from a place of allowing the body to come back to what the body knows to do best you don't want to impose anything right so I want to come back to her quickly so what do you pick that was the last thing, right? Pick something you can do, even if, it, if it's a minute a day. Um, make it visible so you don't forget. Uh, another good way is if you have an app or something where you can track it, but I tend to forget the apps too. Um, I have gone back to a paper calendar, uh, a project planner that I have repurposed by having all the things I want to do on a daily basis and it's a long list of things that I want to do on a daily basis and I color them in in color pencil every day because I like coloring and I like color and I like the visual and then I can see where the holes are very easily over a 30-day period. That's as far as I ever go with tracking shit. Right? And, but then I forget because I'm traveling and whatever. So, but whatever you can do, problem is reminders don't really work because if you're somewhere where you can't do it, what are you going to do, snooze it for six hours straight every 10 minutes, right? So it's best to have it visible and maybe put yourself a little post-it on your mirror at night, you know, for, so for a reminder. Um, make it visible, we talked about, and now the thing is, what, are you, what do you want to pick? And so the thing you want to pick is something that has value to you not anyone else. Just because nonlinear is good for you doesn't mean you uh, place value on it. But something else you p might place good, you know, great value on. Like for instance, uh, if you've noticed that you're not feeling super turned on, you know, and you have a partner at home, you might find great value in doing hip circles while brushing your teeth two, three times a day. That would, you know, that, that immediately brings the energy down, it wakes up your pelvic floor, it washes out certain contractions, it's good for, you know, urinary health, it's like all kinds of things. You just do, you know, hip circles every time you brush your teeth. You get so good you could write your name, you know. 
So, and then that's something that's super valuable to you. Right. So pick something that means something, yeah. or that excites you. Or it's one of the reasons I did the cards was I wanted uh, some kind of visual reminder of something that, that's fun. Like I pull one every morning, put it on my little tea altar, and then I sit there and I look at it, and you know, like I think about it, and, and then it's done. For me.